Good morning. They assure me this is water. So, okay. Make sure. Hmm. Okay. I've been a St. Louis Cardinal fan almost my whole life. Calm down. 1985, General Assembly of the PCA was in the holy city of St. Louis. And um, I was looking through the, the reports that we are given prior to the GA beginning and looking through the uh, Covenant College report and suddenly I was absolutely stunned uh, to find that uh, my name was listed as a challenge candidate in opposition to a longtime board member, Dr. Tom Cross, who happened, happens, he's with the Lord, who happened to be my uncle, and he happened to be my mentor. So I went looking for him. And I said, Uncle Tom, I don't have anything to do with this. I don't have any idea how my name appeared as a challenge candidate to you of all people to serve as a trustee of the college. And he put his arm around me and he assured me, I know you didn't have anything to do with this. I did it. I'm getting old. It's time for me to step down. I don't want you to take my place. Well, when I left the board meeting to come here to chapel, because they're still talking, um, I mean, even without me, they're still talking. So when I left that board meeting to come here, I stepped down. That was my final meeting as a full trustee of the college, um, where it's been my privilege to serve for 37 years. I'm 75 years old, which if you do the math means that almost half my life has been, sent, has been spent as a, a trustee of this institution. It's been a privilege. Uh, it's really been a privilege. Uh, I love this institution. I mean, all my, my wife and I both graduated from Covenant in 1969, uh, 1969, um, which was, you know, just a few years ago. And uh, children all attended here. I've got grandchildren. I've got grandnephews. I've got grandnieces here. Um, so this place means a whole lot to me. And... Um, what I want to do this morning, um, this is really important to me. I mean, you know, I don't know how many more years the Lord has for me. Um, I'm 75, you know, three score and 10 by reason of strength, four score. That's what scripture teaches. So if I were never to stand before you again, you know, which would be the chaplain's doing. Um, if I were never to stand before you again, what, here are the last two things I want to say to you. So think of me 
as grandpa, okay? Just think of me as grandpa. And I got two things I want to say to you. Now, you all know that Colossians 1.18 is our motto. You know, in all things, Christ preeminent. But two verses prior to Colossians 1.18, we're taught a truth that has, a truth that has become for me over the last 10, 15 years, uh, has been a verse to which I turn when I'm trying to share the gospel with someone, especially someone who may be, may be antagonistic toward the faith, may, they may claim to be an agnostic, they you know, have no idea why this is all so important to us. It's Colossians 1.16. It's an incredibly significant truth. In Colossians 1.16, we're told that all things were created by him and, and what? Who knows? Say it louder. And for him, all things were created by him and for him. Now, that idea, and, and, and let me just pause a moment. Of course, in the context of those verses, in the context of those verses, we're talking about Jesus. I mean, you look up those verses, the focus of those verses is Jesus. So we're being told that Jesus, that we were created through Jesus and that we were created for Jesus. Well, all of that, of course, is just, I don't know, silly, absurd, ridiculous as far as this world in which we live is concerned. The idea that, I mean, just the idea that Jesus is God, that he's God come in human flesh, that he's the second person of the Godhood, and that he is the creator of all things, and not only that he is the creator of all things, but that we were created for him. Well, the idea that he is, that he is the creator, well, you all know that that is a truth that is not well accepted in our day. I mean, if you believe that, you're a radical. You need to understand that. You're a radical. I believe that to be true. The vast, overwhelming majority do not believe that to be true. But do you? I mean, many believe that we are simply the unplanned consequences of unguided accidents in time and space. And even those, if you took a survey and said, so do you believe in God? 
Even those who would answer and say, oh, yes, I believe in God, most of them believe in God with a small g. They believe in a God with a small g. They do not begin to believe in a God who created all things and for whom all things were created. And they certainly struggle with the idea that this man, Jesus, that he was indeed God. And not only was he God, he was the creator, the one by whom and for whom you were made. That's what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that you were created by him, you were created in his image. You were created in his image so that he might make known to us who he is and who we are and what our purpose is. People created by him and for him, created to serve him. That's why, of course, I mean, that's why. It's exactly why. For the sake of his own glory, he freely chose to save us by shedding his blood to pay the penalty for our, our sinful rejection of him as creator. And furthermore, he saved us, the scripture teaches, he saved us to do good works. Now you see, we're saved by grace, we're not saved by works, we get all twisted up with that. Well, of course we're saved by grace and not by works. But we're saved by grace to do good works. It's the evidence that we've been saved by grace because we were created by him and we were created for him. So that, that quickly leads me to a second biblical truth. First one is, I want you to hold on to it. I want you to just wrestle with it, meditate upon it. I was created by Jesus. I was created for Jesus. Which leads me to this second biblical truth. And this comes out of another familiar passage of Scripture. This comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Also, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6. And the second biblical truth is that not only are we to know and serve Jesus, we're also told that we are to Love him. Love him. Love him. To be in love with him. To love him with all of our heart and soul and strength. And when Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6, he adds, and our mind. 
with all of our heart and soul and strength and mind. You know, I love telling my wife, no problems with this. Been married to this dear lady for 54 years. Now, she's the one you should be applauding. <laughs> so, uh, she's been married to me for 54 years. But um, uh, which a lot of people find absolutely amazing. Um, but I love telling my wife that I love her. I do. I love, I love to tell her, I love you, honey. But I often fail to love her as I should. And I got to tell you, not until recent years have I ever been in the habit of saying during my prayer time or during a time of just meditating and thinking, it hasn't been a comfortable part of my communication to say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. And of course, it's terribly painful to think of all the ways that I have failed to show him that I love him. So what happens? What happens when I fail to properly love my wife? What happens? I go to her. Say, Honey, sorry. Usually I have to say, I did it again. I am a repeat offender. And what does she say? She says, I love you and I forgive you. And let's just start over. So when I fail Jesus, what do I do? And I'm a repeat offender. I mean, it's amazing that I can go to him and I can confess I can repent and I can ask his forgiveness. What does he do? He tells me, I love you. I forgive you. Now let's start again. comfortable are you and recognize it's a little awkward how comfortable are you to say I love you Jesus I encourage you to think that way 
then to think, I love you, Jesus, and now give me the strength that I might love you with all of my heart and soul and strength and mind, that I might show my love for you in all that I in all that I feel. That's a tough one for me because I get pretty stirred up in here. But I love you in all of the emotion that's rumbling within me. I love you with all I think, with all I say, with all I do. Those are the two biblical truths that I believe, I told my fellow trustees yesterday, those are the two biblical truths that I believe that as a trustee, it is our responsibility to focus upon. Why? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that passage goes on to tell us, to tell people like me, this old man, to tell people like those who are parents, your parents, to tell us, whoever it is that has oversight in your case, to tell us what? To tell us that we are to teach you these truths when we sit at home and we go about living from sunup to sundown. We are to teach you these truths, that these truths are to guide all that you do and think and that they are to guide you in, in all the living of life in this world. That's why I've eagerly served as a trustee for 37 years. That's why I taught as adjunct faculty here for 20 years. I may have taught some of your parents. Check it out. Don't believe what they tell you. Uh, but we're here. Faculty is here. Staff is here. We are here to teach you by word and example to always remember to live your life remembering that you were created by Jesus, that you were created for Jesus, that he has purchased you for himself at the cost of his shed. He has purchased you, purchased you for himself, you. Why would he purchase me? Because he chose to love me. Why did he choose to love me? He chose to love me because he chose to love me because he chose to love me. And therefore he purchased me. He purchased me at the cost of his shed blood. And knowing that he first loved me, I should respond by loving him with all of my heart and soul and strength and mind. This is what, that's what I was taught here. I hope that by God's grace, that's what you're learning.
I pray that that will always be so. May all we do be motivated by an unquenchable desire to know that in all things, Christ is preeminent because we were created by him and for him, created to love him who first loved us, to love him with all of our heart and soul and strength and mind, and therefore eager to do those things, those good things, which he has planned in advance for us to do. Let's pray. Father, teach us. Remind us always of who you are and of who we are, that you are the creator and that we were created by you and for you. And Lord, impress upon us the love that has been poured out upon us that we might in turn love you with our entire being for the sake of your glory and for the temporal and eternal welfare of ourselves and of others. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.